Here's the second half of our episode on being God's image with Dr. Carmen Joy Imes. Like he made a counterpart. Where's the counterpart wow. in our ministry today? That's a great point. Um, Mic and drop. so, <laughs> right? <laughs> I just, I just long for you know, Heather. You were, you said that you feel like churches have not always known what to do with you, sure. which is so sad. And I feel like many women like us often feel like um, we're longing for a church community where yeah. we can bring all of who we are right. in service of the gospel so true. to our Lord. It's This isn't about me grabbing power. This no. is about I have something to offer. I want to contribute. And there are boundaries around what can be contributed. Yes. So what I would say is if if you're li- if listeners are in a context where women can't hold every role in the church or can't do all the things, what can they do? Let's mm. be creative. Sure. Um, so maybe a woman can't preach in your context, but can a woman um, be part of a sermon brainstorming team? Sure. Can a woman offer reflections during the service? Can a woman teach a Sunday school class, give mm-hmm. a seminar yeah. at another time during the week? That's right. Um, so at my own church, women do not preach, but they've just asked me to teach a summer class. Other churches ask me to preach, so I travel to other places and preach, but I can't do it in right. my own church right. currently. Oh um, man. Yeah. You know if, if, often, oh, go ahead. If your church is uh, only has men as elders, how can the men who are on the elder team make sure that they are hearing from women, that, that women are having input in the decisions that are being made because women are going to bring a perspective. Women are half the church. That's right. And so, Women are going to bring a perspective and a and a um, a group of resources and and uh, capacities that that men don't have. Like we're similar, but we're different, uh, and so we need to bring that whole that we need to get that whole picture. We need to be hearing from women. That's a great. I, I love. This? Oh, go ahead. Well, you know, I've been in a lot of church contexts where well, they are creative, and what's going on is women aren't permitted to quote unquote teach. And yet down the hall, they're teaching students, they're teaching children, which is actually where it's at anyways. Mm-hmm. And, and, they're, <laughs> and they're, they're teaching in every capacity, but not on a stage. And it's really, yeah. it's really a workaround. And I guess it's my question is at what point, at what point do you say, I'm not okay with it? Like, are you are you more are you more of the mind that if you can make it work without pulling it out and examining it, then do it? Tell you what I, I heard. Think every go ahead, go, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, Heather. Well, what I thought I heard you saying, what I liked that you said just a few moments ago was, you know, what what does your church do, and how can you work with your church? I didn't hear this mentality of just plow your church over, just pull the plug and go somewhere else, but be willing to stay there to help your church grow in this. You know, sometimes yeah. Yeah. Women, women like us put so much pressure on that we might be the catalyst for change if we're willing to work with our churches. It's kind of yes. what I hear you saying. I think there is, there does come a time for for each of us where we might need to say, okay, it's time to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I think that's a an individual process of discernment where, yeah. and one sort of metric that my husband and I use is if we've reached the point where 
we don't have any influence in this system. Like our voices mean nothing. And we feel, we feel so much angst that going to church um, is a spiritually destructive experience instead of a spiritually enriching experience, then it's time to leave. And we have been in that position before. Um, but, but there are other cases where um, I think if there's a sense of calling to this community and a commitment and there are good things happening and maybe it's not the ideal scenario, but I'm still able to make a contribution and I'm still receiving uh, from the work of the spirit, then, then stay. Um, but that's something to be individually discerned. Sure. Thanks. I appreciate and, and I, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mark, I think your point about like, it's happening down the hall. Like this says something about how, what we think about children and youth. If we're going to say women can't teach on Sunday morning from the pulpit, but they can teach Sunday morning down the hall to our young people. It says something about devaluing the, the full humanity of our young people. Hmm. We've made this sort of hierarchy that sort wow. of privileges the adult service over our youth and sure. children. Sure. Well, um, you know, I, I hear youth pastors say this all the time, like, hey, I'm so excited. I'm going to preach in big church today or whatever. And I'm like, why is that more important mm-hmm. than teaching your kids mm-hmm. down the hall? It's just as important. Nah, they, they bear, I feel like that's a whole other conversation that we can have about the importance of yeah. young people bearing God's image and young people yes. being God's image and how, Yes. We sometimes forget just how important they are in the life and the community of the church. So, and if and if we're going to have women down the hall teaching youth and children, don't we want them to be theologically well trained? Absolutely. Do we yeah. care about the messages that yeah. they're giving? So, I think one of the points that I made in in my talk at Southeastern was we um, we've built entire denominations on the backs of women's volunteer lab- labor yeah. while failing to educate women theologically. Yes. And we, we, because women, the, the things that women can do in the church are almost always volunteer things. Um, then it's hard to justify going into debt for a seminary education sure. to do volunteer work. And so I think ch- part of church's creative growth in this area needs to be how can we recognize the importance of children's and youth ministry and women's ministry and yes. places where women are allowed to serve? How can we how can we show that these are important by putting our money where our mouth is? Mm-hmm. And how yeah. can we how can we train women leaders so that they're teaching theologically sound messages? Right. That's Thank right. You. That's really good. So what, I really appreciate that. And what's what was behind the question? wasn't a hard, fast, you know, when is enough is enough, but more, what is the nuance that it takes to, you know, think about this issue as you're training, like lots of people that head into ministry. And if, if they are female, they're going to, they're going to have to wrestle with this and make decisions about this and probably endure some injustice. And how do you hold that? Well, Yeah. 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 And it's a constant, it's a constant heart check, right? Like we, mm-hmm. one of my own spiritual practices is to bring a journal with me to church on Sunday and, and to, to come in the posture of a learner mm-hmm. to take notes. Um, sometimes pastors tell me I'm intimidated that I'm preaching and you're in the room and you've got a PhD and Old Testament. And so what if I get it wrong? And like, no, I'm not here to critique you. I'm here to learn from you. Wow. And I think if we can cultivate that kind of a relationship with yeah. those who are preaching, or those in the congregation, then um, it can become more collaborative. So yeah. what's actually happening in my church context now is that although I'm not 
yet able to preach there. And that's a kind of a live conversation now. Um, so that could change. But right now, women can't preach. But I have had many conversations with the men who were preaching where they come and talk to me about their message ahead of time and get my input because it is an area of expertise wow. for me, like the passages they're preaching on. And they've asked me to teach a summer class and women are allowed to read scripture or host the services in our church. Um, so there are ways that women can serve. Um, and I'm, I'm leaning into those and available if the boundaries change, available to do more. There you go. That's great. Yeah. Heather, wouldn't you run this episode for like an hour if we could? I would run it for an hour (laughs) because this is so personal to me. I I have experienced this countless times in my ministry life. And, um, you know, for somebody who holds a more conservative theology and doesn't really want to jump ship from that, I'm constantly, oftentimes put in conflict with my ministry calling and my conservative theology. And, yes. um, and yes. it's hard. It's really hard. I've, I've been told, as I mentioned before, some things before when I've applied for jobs and I've been the number one candidate, they have no reason not to hire me other than the fact that I'm a woman. And I've just had people just pull the plug and just say, well, we were just thinking if, um, if we hired you that maybe all, uh, the girls in the ministry were going to run off and think that they could be senior pastors. And I'm like, Okay, I've been in ministry for, you know, a decade oh, and that has wow. never happened in my ministry. So, you know, it's it's like things like that. <laughs> right where um, you know, I uh in my last church that I was uh working in, they were super gracious. Like I got up and gave a message and they had the senior the interim senior pastor kind of tie a bow on it at the end so that people felt like mm-hmm. it was okay. But I had mm-hmm. so many people that were like so appreciative. And apparently it was the first time in the history of that church, a church over a hundred years old that a woman had gotten up and given a type of message like that. And so, wow. you know, but, but I was, it was received well. And it just makes me think mm-hmm. like maybe people aren't as bothered by this as we think that they will be. Um, but we've created such this strong box around it that we almost get uncomfortable by the fact of just even trying to open that box. And uh, culture is already there, though, is the thing. Like culture is already there, and the church is following it. Like yeah. every day, my wife goes to work and trains doctors and cuts people open and <laughs> right? trusts their to her. And then you're going to tell me that she can't stand on a stage and speak. Sarah is a more eloquent speaker than almost anyone you'll ever meet sure. when she needs to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And fully and, capable of the training, you know? Sure. And I think this, this is why conservative churches are difficult spaces for talented women mm-hmm. uh, yeah. who are, who are able and willing to lead. And I, I like you, Heather, I don't want to run off and go yeah. to a liberal church. Like yeah. it's, it's like foundationally important to me to worship in a place where scripture is taken seriously and I think this is that's why this becomes such a contentious issue, because those who are trying to take scripture seriously come to different conclusions about what's okay for women to do. Sure. So I, yeah. I hope that our conversation has helped readers to go back a little further in the biblical story to ground yeah. things, um, because I think sometimes we get so stuck in a couple of Pauline prohibitions, sure. and our whole conversation revolves around those verses and we miss Romans 16 and we miss Genesis two. Yeah. And we don't see this wider picture of like, there's a much bigger vision here. Yes. Paul is putting some limits 
on particular expressions in particular churches at a certain right. time period. There we need go. to understand well what's going on in the culture That's and right. what exactly is he prohibiting. And yeah. I think one of the things that one book that's been helpful to me is John Dixon's little book, Hearing Her Voice. Yeah. Um, he argues that um, that what's happening in a Sunday morning sermon is not what Paul's prohibiting when he says that women should not teach or have authority over men. Like that, that that kind of teaching or having authority or teaching in a way that has authority is not a Sunday sermon. Like that mm. they didn't have... Sunday wow. sermons the way that we did. So, yeah. so that that's actually a more um, paradigm setting, doctrinal trajectory setting activity that he's restricting to men in that context. Wow. And so if you're in a conservative church that takes scripture seriously and you would like to see women um, have the opportunity to preach, that book might be a good place to start. There you go. And I think too, and, as, and we'll wrap up this conversation here. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, in in the conservative church world that I've kind of danced around in, it's so important to have open conversation because this can quickly turn into resentment towards your church and your church leaders if you feel like you're a woman who does not get to exercise your gifts fully and freely. I actually yeah. I actually had a conversation not long ago with a church leader where I just called him and I said, Look, I feel like I'm sitting on the sidelines. I feel like I've shown that I have these gifts and nobody's giving me a track to run on. And I said, um, I'm bored. Um, I am not fulfilling my kingdom mission and it, it's breaking my heart here, you know, and I want to be a part of this church, but I wonder if this church has a place for a person like me. And I said, hmm. and I just, I had flat out was very honest. And I just said, I really believe that it's because I'm a woman in ministry or because I'm a woman. And, um, and he didn't disagree with me. And he said, Heather, uh, traditionally, this church has had men teach everything. He's like, but I want to see that change. And um, that meant a lot to me when, when he listened mm-hmm. and he said that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just want to encourage the ladies out there who have um, found themselves in similar situations to just have that open dialogue to not yeah. um, grow a heart of resentment, but to be um, soft and tender and open to communication with your church and your church leaders. So. Uh, Dr. Yeah. M, this has been such a fun conversation and um, mm-hmm. it's been a real blessing to have you on the podcast. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can connect with your work? Um, I ha- I'm i on Twitter and Facebook, so it's easy to find me there. I have a YouTube channel where I hope to start releasing Torah Tuesday videos again soon on Tuesdays. Um, and I have a blog, carmenjoyimes.blogspot.com. Cool. Awesome. Well, great. Well, it's been a really fun conversation. And uh, Dr. Imes, thanks again. And we'll see you next time, friends. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.